Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Captain America truly returns to the MCU. Was Mortal Kombat a flawless victory? And are the Mighty Ducks Game Changers your next Disney Plus watch? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is sincerely appreciated. Plus, I also want to give a big shout-out to all the great radio stations that are part of the Pop Culture Cosmos family, including newest editions, KCWRS, Radio Oxen, News Force, Real Wise Productions, KLab Radio, Beach House Radio, Paisley Radio. You guys are all great. Love all the stations that we're on, and we cannot thank you enough for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He's our own chef josh of pop culture cosmos you got to see what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com his awesome podcast the super bs games cast and topic apocalypse plus also as well his fantastic book congratulations you suck which you can now get on amazon and barnes and noble it is my good friend it is chef josh peterson what's up chef just cooking things up, you know, cooking things up in the kitchen, trying to get big pieces of chicken to cook on the barbecue as fast as they can. It doesn't always work out that way. But yeah, man, things are good out here in Texas. The weather's warm. Life is good, man. How are you? Doing all right. I got to have our good friend Ben Arnaud from the Smoking Hot Confessions stop over and see and taste and test to see how good those chickens really are off the barbecue. I'm learning as I go here. You know, I've, I've I've dabbled in like wing cooking. I've dabbled in drumstick cooking, dabbled in steak. You know, I'd love to talk to Ben Arno about when you make like steak tacos, how he keeps the meat tender instead of feeling like you're eating beef jerky. would love to have that conversation. That's the only thing I've been struggling with as far as barbecues go. I can arrange that because he's overdue for a trip to the pop culture cosmos. So I'll tell you what, I will see what I can work out. He is in Australia, so the time frames are a little bit different. But we'll see what we can work out on an upcoming episode of here of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Sounds good. Well, we are going to have an awesome show we've got for you planned today here as well, because we're going to Spoiler Town, because we got a whole bunch of spoilers as we're talking Captain America 
and the Winter Soldier. It's no longer Falcon. It's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. We're going to talk about Episode 6 and the series coming up here on the program. We're also going to be sharing our thoughts and our review of Mortal Kombat as well. And we've got a ton of guests on today's show as TJ Johnson and Ellen Glassford are here to talk Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Thomas Bennett is finally here, feeling better. I'm so glad he's on the show. He is actually here to stop by to talk about Mortal Kombat and the Mighty Ducks Game Changer series on Disney+. And Noah M. Fine is here to talk about Mortal Kombat as well. And before we head on out, on the back end of the show, Josh will have his own thoughts as a big fan of the Mighty Ducks. If you need to check out the Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney+, and I'll throw in a little bit of tidbits on Shadow and Bone as well. But for this weekend, my friend, we will go ahead and give everyone a box office update later on here in a few minutes in regards to Mortal Kombat, because we'll be talking about that in a sec. But the biggest news, even with the Oscars that's going on as we're talking right now, and you can get the updates on our Facebook page, Pop Culture Cosmos, for the entire list of winners right, right there for you. So if you missed out on it, it's right there for you at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But I do want to talk about something just as important to us in the world of pop culture, and that was the season finale of Captain America and the Winter Soldier, because we finally saw in episode six, Falcon finally accepting the role and embracing the role of Captain America, and boy, did he ever, saving the day, sending a message to the entire world about how we should treat each other and what he has to deal with in taking up the mantle as Captain America. So I want to hear your thoughts, man. With a possible Captain America 4 that's on the way that was just announced with the showrunner for the series now penning that movie on the way, what's your thoughts on this last episode of the season for Captain America and the Winter Soldier? It was a weird combination of fan service and kind of like a long PSA. I enjoyed it. But I didn't enjoy it, if that makes sense. Like, it wasn't what I wanted out of the finale, but I don't regret watching it. I think, to me, the message that it sent to me was great. The fact that it developed Falcon into the Captain America that we now know going forward, I think was awesome. I think everything around it was very much hit or miss, especially in that episode at the end. A lot of the things that were surrounding it, like the power broker, and Sharon Carter is now officially the power broker, which I knew all along, basically, ever since episode well, they, three. Yeah, you had to be blind not to yeah. see it. Well, the way that was developed or underdeveloped, that one was truly a misproposition there. The fact that Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers, they were quickly disposed of. And how she is dead over just a couple gunshots when we've seen Captain America with a super serum be basically, mm-hmm. what, seven, ten? He's taken so many bullet holes already during the course of his lifetime and this is supposed to be an upgraded super serum and and she's dead after one or two gunshots when sharon carter who shot her was also shot herself is not dead and doesn't have super serum so yeah well we saw carly get shot in the stomach and in uh, it was either the episode before or the one before that and she kind of shook that off but it it seemed like they had a lot of like loose ends in this episode and they didn't know how to close them so they're like Let's just do this and this and this and this, and then we can call it a day. I think the most disappointing aspect, again, like I I like the episode okay, but it just was not my favorite from the series. So looking at the episode as a whole and how the the character arcs ended, I didn't like the way 
they treated Bucky. Like this felt like the second time that he got his time to shine kind of stolen from him. Still, instead of like giving him this like cool fight scene, he has to go off and babysit John Walker. Like that disappointed me because we were like, oh yes, the Winter Soldier's back in Avengers Infinity War. And remember besides that cool scene with him and Rocket Raccoon, what did he do? Nothing. Like he shot some guns and stuff and that was really it. Like he is every bit as strong as Captain America is. He just has a grayer moral code. So I was kind of bummed out in that aspect. John Walker just showing up was kind of interesting to me. I know they're trying to give him his redemption arc, but it felt very forced. Did you get that same vibe? It was like it didn't need it to be done. He should have just taken him at that mid credit scene that he turns into U.S. agent mm-hmm. and just put it at that. They didn't need him in the episode. They really didn't. Yeah. I guess my last complaint, and then I want to say the one thing that I really did enjoy, but my last complaint was the the long PSA they had in this. Like it felt, you know, when he gets on and he's like talking to the senator on, on the air, like, I don't know, like I don't disagree with the message, but I feel like there's such a better way to do that because it went from being this action show to being like something a government teacher would play you off YouTube in the middle of class. I don't know. It just didn't feel like it flowed well. And then the fact that like, you know, no senator would sit there and like have a conversation like this after that type of experience. Again, like I love the message. I just feel like there's a better way to do it. You know, again, like I applaud Ryan Coogler from the Black Panther for taking his his messages and like incorporating it into the action of the film. For this one, it all just stopped like the episode just stood still. There wasn't even any music playing while he was talking. Like, that was one thing that kind of, like, it really pulled me out of the episode. Maybe, like, a a day later at the GRC while Mm -hmm. they're making the decision and Captain America bursting in there and then making the statement with some nice music background behind Mm -hmm. it. Maybe that would have been more effective. But then again, in the way that we live, showing it live, having it live broadcast there in that platform, I enjoyed it for what it was, and I thought the message would be clear. I understand that you, what you're saying was maybe something more formal like that it maybe would have been more well, apropos. formal or even have him have like this last impactful conversation with like Carly. I don't know. Like it just it felt like the episode stopped. I don't know. I didn't really dig that. I felt like they could have made it part of the vehicle instead of like just a stopping point, if that makes sense. That makes sense. But uh, again, I, I kind of liked it for what it was. I just thought everything around it, like we were talking about was very messy and it was mm-hmm. very hit or miss oh. like you i would have loved a little bit more depth into the redemption for the winter soldier to give him a little bit more shine as well yeah i thought that the way that they incorporated like you said babysitting john walker i thought that was again they, he didn't need to be in the episode until the end the last final cut yeah. scene that they have for him that would have been fine for that sharon carter is the power broker most people saw it coming a mile away and everything else and tied with the GRC and the Flag Smashers, as far as that end of it, was really not tied up at all. The logic on some of the stuff was just kind of left to be desired. But again, yeah. the main message was there. The main message was given. I love the Isaiah Bradley arc. Okay. That's what I was going to touch on next. Like, that was really good. Like, I felt emotional just watching yeah. like his reaction to seeing that statue in the Captain America Museum. Like, that was really cool. So did my daughter and I. So yeah, absolutely. That part of it, they hit 100%. And I'm hoping that the message gets over to a lot of other people as far as the importance of Isaiah Bradley in the MCU and what it's all about and what it exemplifies and what it represents as far as the way we can go forward as people. But 
it is Captain America and Winter Soldier. But I think the last thing I want to talk to you about before we hit up Mortal Kombat really quickly is when it comes to Captain America, there is a Captain America on the way, whether it's a season two or a movie or both. I know a movie is now in development. Hopefully there's a season two as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I was talking to my wife about this this morning. Like I like Captain America, but I don't like Captain, even when it was like Steve Rogers, like I don't like that character enough to like be really stoked about another Captain America film. Like I loved the, uh, like the espionage aspects of winter soldier. And I know we've talked about that movie time and time again, just how amazing it is. But the character of captain America, like, I don't know, like I, yes, I will watch it. And yes, it'd be cool to see captain America four and, you know, kind of see where Sam goes with this, but I'm not like terribly excited about it. You know, not as excited as I'd be about like an iron man four. you know, with the, the kid from iron man three or iron heart or whatever they want to go with it. I, I don't know. I just I the character has never really been that fascinating to me to really like be stoked about another Captain America entry. I'm a little bit different. Captain America is the arc I've wanted to go on for quite some time and stay on. Civil War for me was like a bump on the road. I thought yeah. for the most part, Captain America. I liked Captain America, the first Avenger. Captain America, the Winter Soldier is the best MCU movie ever. Amen. And Civil War was OK for what it was. I would like to still go back to it. I got goosebumps when Falcon and Winter Soldier debuted on Disney+. Plus. I mean, I was so excited for that because I love going back into this world of Captain America. So I'm looking forward to going back and seeing a Captain America movie. And hopefully it will be supplemented with a Captain America and Winter Soldier season two. Because they've done bang up numbers on Disney+. Plus. And I think it's something that, yes, I know we're going to see a movie with them, but I'm hoping to see a series developing the Winter Soldier next time around as well. Yeah. So let me ask you one last question here. Do you think that with the multiverse opening that we could get a Captain America rebirth story where like Steve Rogers is like wandering through all these different multiverses trying to like find his way out of it? Do you think that would be a possibility? The only way is if Chris Evans says yes, because right now he's on the moon. So, yes. <laughs> right. What are your thoughts out there on Captain America and the Winter Soldier? The series just concluded, but the future is still very bright with a future of a movie on the way for Captain America and hopefully another season of Captain America and the Winter Soldier as well. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, before we get to all the guests coming up, wanted to go ahead and hit you up on this. Mortal Kombat debuted in theaters and HBO Max this past weekend, where it is number one here in the U.S. at the box office, narrowly squeaking out something I'm checking out and binging with my daughter right now, as far as the series is concerned. That is Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer almost beat out Mortal Kombat. They both did very good, very strong numbers initially for the box office here in the U.S., but Demon Slayer, which has been a huge hit in Japan, which again, I'm binging right now with my daughter. Where, where can you binge? Oh, it's on Hulu. Hulu, okay. yes. Yeah. Catch Demon Slayer, the series on Hulu to get a better understanding. 
so that before you see the movie, that's a great way to do it. It is 20 some odd episodes, but right now we are binging on it. And my youngest daughter is really enjoying it. So I will say this, that Mortal Kombat, it did come out. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, I'm just going to say this. For me, I enjoy the 95 movie that we talked about before at length about how good and fun and campy and light and popcornish, but still very entertaining 1995 original Mortal Kombat is. And then you have the sequel, Mortal Kombat and Annihilation. That was terrible. It's one of the worst movies of the 1990s. Absolutely terrible. You can't go from good to bad any better than those two movies. For me, Mortal Kombat, after I woke up the second time around because I had to watch it again because I fell asleep, to me, leans more towards the Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I thought it was a, a bad movie. I don't think it was as bad as Annihilation. I know there's still a future for it, and there will be a future for the Mortal Kombat series, but to me, it got off on a real bad note. So, I mean, I I kind of disagree with you on that. Like, Oh, it, I know, and this is something that a lot of people talk about. People are yeah, all over the place on this. Movie. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, it's it's not a great movie, but it's not a horrible movie. You know, I think the director, Simon McQuaid, like, he did the best he could with material that was never meant to be turned into a film. Like, like Sub-Zero and Scorpion, for example, like, they were never meant to be big characters. They were just extra characters that they decided to put different color palettes on because they wanted a certain number of people on the roster. So, like, their backstory is so convoluted anyways. Like, there's so many different versions of it over the years, and they just, like, keep killing each other. Like, there's no point to it. So I think that, you know, what he did with the material given to him was actually, like, I think it was pretty well done. Like, it's not even close to the ballpark of how bad Annihilation was. It's not as good as, like, the first one, because the first one's, uh, you know, for a 90s film, is pretty good. But this one is, you know, in the middle of the two, I guess. But from a cinematography standpoint, that opening scene with Sub-Zero and Scorpion was beautiful. Like, it was just the cinematography was great. The color palettes were great. The music was great. The acting was great. The guy that plays Scorpion, like, he's a good actor. You know, yeah. he's been in a number of different things and over Chin the years. And Chin Han, who plays Shang Tsung, the overall evil character in it, he's been a solid actor for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in... Um, the Dark Knight. Dark, yeah. He's yeah. been in a ton of things. So they got, like, pretty top-notch martial arts talent to be in this film. It's just a shame that they didn't have a great script to work with. So moving on, like, with character of Cole Young, I think his name was, like... You could tell that they were trying their best to mimic the Black Panther suit, but they didn't ever want to like come too close to doing it because of copyright issues. Cause he like absorbs the impact and then his attacks push it back out. Like you could tell that there was some copyright fear going on there with that because they never really like show the suit doing what it's supposed to do. Kano is annoying, but he is the comic relief in the movie. I don't know. There's a lot of elements. You know, they try to get you attached to Cole Young's family. They're not in it long enough. They try to really, like, get you to sympathize for Scorpion and his tail, but it's not like, I don't know. I you love don't the think... fact that the uh, director said, oh, we're not going to put the spine rip in there, but then again, we'll just throw F-bombs in every other fatality that's yeah. in there from the original game and not the spine rip. So I was like, okay, uh, you know, that that was going too far. Really? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, and meanwhile, that one chick with the wings gets, like, split in half as her face hits the spinning hat. Yeah. Um, You know, that guy's death felt pointless. Raiden was kind of a jerk. I don't know, there's a, again, like, there's a lot of things that were done very poorly, 
but it still was a lot better than Annihilation. You know, the first half of the movie is not that great, but the second half of the film kind of like picks up steam a little bit. And uh, I guess like my one like big beef was that there was no like Mortal Kombat tournament. You know, there's just like, yeah. oh, I'm going to try to stop these guys from fighting because I want to win without trying, you know, and then I'm going to suck this guy's soul out even though he didn't do anything. And I could probably suck everybody's soul out here at once if I wanted to, but it's much more fun to watch them try to fight each other. Like there's a lot of plot holes and inconsistencies, but again, you know, taking the, the director took something that was never meant to be made into a film and made it into something watchable. So, I mean, that being said, I would give it somewhere in between like a 6.5 or a seven. Well, you said IGN gave it a seven and you asked, if this could be a redemption for video game adaptations, I don't say it's a redemption. I mean, it's going to make money and I'm sure it's done well for HBO max. And this could lead into a sequel, if not more. I know one of the actors said he signed a five movie contract. So there's a possibility we could be seeing five mortal Kombat's. Hey, we've seen over 11 mortal Kombat video games. Why not five mortal Kombat films? But to me, I said it's closer to mortal Kombat annihilation. I mean, I've given it a two, I've given the original Mortal Kombat movie as high as an eight. So I'll give that an eight. I think it's one of the best video game movie adaptations of all time, which is not saying a whole lot. It's super fun and super campy and super enjoyable. But for me, this one, I got to give a four out of 10. This one really, again, I fell asleep the first time around. So I had to watch it again. And unfortunately, I was very pained to watch it all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, I understand that. I just, I think that, as far as like Annihilation goes, like Annihilation was a truly, truly horrible film. And like this movie was watchable in comparison to Annihilation. So yes, am I going to watch this movie again anytime soon? Probably not. But will I watch a sequel? Yes, I will most definitely watch a sequel to this movie. What are your thoughts out there on Mortal Kombat? Did you think it was a flawless victory or a fatality in and of itself? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, we've got reviews and thoughts from so many different people. Coming up over the next few minutes, we've got interviews with my daughter, Ellen Glassford, TJ Johnson, Thomas Bennett, and Noe and Fine. And coming up at the back half of the show in the last few minutes, it's Josh and I with thoughts on the Mighty Ducks Game Changers and also as well, Shadow and Bone. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. It is Captain America and the Winter Soldier. The series has now ended for season one. And I'm hopeful for season two. And of course, you heard the news that Captain America 4 is on the way. But here today to talk about her thoughts is the Marvel expert of the Glassford household. You got to catch her every time out. She's here at Pop Culture Cosmos. It is my wonderful daughter. It is Eloan Glassford. And Eloan, we come into episode six. It did exactly everything that it set out to do. It set up Falcon transforming into Captain America extremely well. It set up everything around that for the future for Captain America 4 or a season two of Captain America and Winter Soldier. Everything around Falcon and Captain America wasn't so nicely tied up as well i think that would be the only thing i would say would be against it but overall 
the fact that it got accomplished what it needed to, I think is a job well done for Marvel once again. I think everything with Sam Wilson was great. I saw somebody say something that was the writers wanted to focus on Sam Wilson and everything else was sort of what Marvel made them put in or told them to put in. So I think everything outside of Sam Wilson was not resolved in the greatest way and kind of underwhelming and confusing on some parts, but everything that they did with Sam Wilson and becoming Captain America, I'm a really big fan of that. Again, everything around Sam Wilson was still kind of left in in disarray. Of course, the way that they really didn't give Sebastian Stan the, the kind of closing enough, I think he deserved. It was good, but I thought it could have been better. I think also the same thing goes for what we saw with U.S. Agent and the fact that he is now U.S. Agent. I think that was good, but not great. But the way they, they ended up the storylines for Sharon Carter and the Power Broker, something that I had told you that, that was going to happen since episode three. And of course, with the end of the Flag Smashers and how they were quickly dusted off, whether they were blown up or in the case of Carly Morgenthal's shot, which still I'm trying to hard to believe because she does have the super serum that how she died so easily. I want to hear your thoughts on what they could have done better to tie up some of those loose ends. First of all, I think Bucky was underutilized in the show. He showed up in the beginning. You think he's going to have a lot of character development. And he did have a little bit of that, but not a ton. And for him being one of the two main characters, it was kind of underwhelming to see how they treated his character in this show. In terms of Sharon Carter, I think... Many people, including you, saw her being the power broker coming. But it was really kind of confusing how she got there and why she would do that. And almost a total 180 on her character from when we first met her in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Because she was included in the blip. If you saw, and people are watching it now, if you watch Endgame, where they were showing her as one of the individuals that got blipped. Now, I guess you could probably say as a a scapegoat, I think Marvel's covering its tracks and probably had her as a blip, but then they realized they could utilize her character. Marvel, I just would assume, say that, you know what, she was actually in Madripoor all the time and, and developing the underground as the power broker. Yeah, that's something they might say, but it's just really confusing what they're doing with their character. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. And, Again, Carly Morgenthau, I want to ask you this in the end of the Flag Smashers. We saw them neatly wrapped up in explosion as far as everyone outside of Carly Morgenthau because Baron Zemo got his revenge even though he was in the raft and his butler did it. So you could say the butler did it. I wanted to ask you this. With Carly Morgenthau, she was shot to death by Sharon Carter, a.k.a. the power broker. In a very easy one-off fashion, in fact, where it came to the power broker getting shot, who doesn't have super serum, and Carly Morgenthal getting shot, and she does have super serum, she's the one that ends up dying. Does that really make sense? No, I think Carly got several more bullets shot at her, but it 
really doesn't make sense. The whole super soldier thing, I try and compare the super soldiers and where everybody's power levels are at, and nobody's consistent in the amount of strength they have. It just seemed like overall it was good. Could have been better. I give it a slight thumbs up more than WandaVision. But overall, I had a good experience with Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I really like the show. I appreciate how much they develop Sam Wilson as a character. I've been waiting to see how they would tell Sam's story for a few years now and how he would become Captain America and how he would deal with that ever since Endgame came out and I was super excited to see him finally become Captain America and embrace that identity and I think the show did a good job with the Falcon and Sam Wilson and his story although there were other parts of the show that weren't as good I would still give the show a really good rating. It is once again my wonderful daughter, Elowen Glassford. You got to check her out every time she is on the radio and podcast with me at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Elowen, it's been so great having you on today's show. I know you and I will be not talking on the air about Marvel for at least a month because of the fact that you have Black Widow, which I know you and I are both uber excited for, and also Loki, which we're also uber excited for. June is going to be a great month for us because of what's going on in the MCU. Yeah, I'm super excited for both of those. As am I. As am I. Once again, it is Ellen Glassford. Check what she's doing every time out right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are, then you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. Thanks for coming back to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. It is Captain America and the Winter Soldier. You notice I didn't say Falcon. No, no, no more Falcon. It is Captain America and the Winter Soldier. It is something that if you were watching the series throughout, you could see the transformation happening. You could see the direction in which it was going, which in some cases was good. In some cases was, eh. All right, and some things that needed a little bit of work on. But here today to talk about the series and the finale is a good man indeed. He stops on for all the pop culture that I can give to him. Because, <laughs> you know, you can't talk enough about pop culture. It is my good friend, TJ Johnson. And TJ, glad to have you back. Such a momentous episode. This is such an important milestone for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A milestone, I think, for television as a whole and pop culture the whole nine yards and it's going to lead into something even better down the road with captain america 4. yeah absolutely i think that it it almost goes without saying that this episode and this series really does kind of set a stage you know it's every captain america film set a stage right first avenger that set the stage for what the mc was going to be it was kind of like one of those pivotal ones and then after that the winter soldier that kind of reset the status quo with the dismantlement of shield and 
Uh, it really kind of just reset it. And then obviously Civil War completely changed the landscape once again. So now with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier being turned to Captain America and the Winter Soldier, and once again, sets a new landscape in the MCU about what to expect, what we're going to see moving forward, and, and how these characters are all still trying to cope with the legend of that shield, Steve Rogers, and being in a post-Steve Rogers Marvel world. They're showing that there's going to be struggles, but there's a lot of, lot of bright spots and a lot of opportunity that's going to be had there. So very, very great series overall. Took me a second to get into it, as Jarrell will attest to. I wasn't prepared yes. to <laughs> I wasn't prepared to jump right in feet first because it kind of just seemed like more of what we already had. But yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more about that later. But the series definitely, for lack of a better term, grew to be on me to be some of the best stuff that Marvel's put out. I think the last episode altered a little bit, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in regards to pacing and uh, motivations. But overall, I think that told a very, very strong story, a very poignant story, considering what we're seeing in, in America today. And I'm very, very excited. I want to hear your thoughts on his whole closing statement there, the one that got broadcasted throughout the entire world, the one that the world of the MCU, the people that live in it, got to see and, and how big of an impression that made with you and, and how substantial that is for the MCU going forward. Uh, great question. We talked about what it meant to have a black Captain America. And last night I was in the mindset that I think the Black Panther is still a bigger uh, icon for us as African-Americans because he's a character that was made for us. And looking back at it now, having had the night to kind of think about it, I think Anthony Mackie rising to be the, the face of the MCU from the standpoint of being Captain America, while it's still not quite up there with the Black Panther, is really darn close. And here's what I mean by that. He made it very clear that the nuances, if you will, of a Black man in America representing America as Captain America, wearing the stars and stripes for a country that more or less doesn't particularly care for him as an African-American, that resonates. And it resonates because even in knowing that, he still continues with the fight. And that speaks a lot to his character. That speaks a lot to his growth. And the fact that he's willing to take people to task and to say, no, you need to stop calling them terrorists, you know, because they, they were willing to die for their cause. It wasn't just a, a one moment thing. They were willing to sacrifice it all for the cause. And that has to tell you something that if we just stop and pay attention and listen and learn and hold these conversations. And he says, I don't have any superpowers. The only power that I have is the knowledge that we have to do better. We have to do more. I thought his speech was very well put. I, I think it was something that was needed. Because if you remember back in the first couple episodes, it seemed not to dawn on him that he was a black man in America. Like, he didn't understand why he was being stopped in the street having a conversation with Bucky. He didn't understand why he couldn't get alone as an Avenger or whatever the case may be. He didn't seem to get those things that as a, as a black man in America, we see that on a regular basis. So they seem to be very lost on him. But having the conversation with Isaiah Bradley, understanding how he felt, kind of triggered some things and kind of made him see it. So to kind of see the way he responded at the end by even saying something, going as far as saying, you know, I'm wearing stars and stripes. I just literally saved the city and I still feel the eyes. I still feel the judgment. Right now, right in this very moment, I still feel the judgment. That's powerful to fight for a country that doesn't always fight for you. Speaks a lot to this person's character. Speaks a lot to his integrity. Speaks a lot to who he is striving to be like. And he's, he's striving to, to 
give respect and homage to Steve Rogers, who bestowed him with that shield and said that I think you should be the one to have it moving forward. And he's trying his darndest to live up to that mantle, live up to that title. It, it really speaks to Anthony Mackie as an actor to pull in that crowd and do that scene the way he did and be able to convey the hurt and the frustration because there was still frustration with that. Even like he says, even now I just saved, I still feel the looks and the stares. That's the real. And that's what I appreciate and admire about Marvel for being willing to tell the stories that represent what's outside of our windows right now. You know, they're not scared to go there. They're not scared to create an African-American superhero in the midst of racial tension in America. They're not afraid to do that because this is a representation of, of us. And I think it, it does nothing but gives me more hope for uh, the MCU and more hope for a post Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. MCU, being able to still find these characters to tell these stories and to hold these audiences and truly encapsulate what it means to be a superhero. And in this particular case, an African-American superhero representing the greatest country in the world. Well, Captain America is no longer on the moon. Captain America is back <laughs> fighting once again. Yes. The Captain America that we want and the Captain America that we now have. And hopefully we'll have again if Captain America 4 comes as what has been talked about. The yeah. showrunner for Captain America and the Winter Soldier is now working on a Captain America 4. So when you heard that news drop the day that Captain America and the Winter Soldier ended its series... <laughs> yeah. What did that say to you? Because we've been talking about how there's a possibility of a season two. Now it looks like it's going to be transitioned into a Captain America 4. So when you heard that, that a possible movie is going to take place instead, what are your thoughts on that? That didn't surprise me. They've invested in these characters. So I, I fully expected a Captain America 4. And truth be told, I fully expect another season of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I think that there's still more stories to be told. I think I'd like to spend... The next time, spend more time with Bucky. I think we got a lot of time with Agreed. Falcon. And we got a chance to see his ascension. and got a chance to understand how he made the decision to take up the mental. Now I think I'd like to see a little bit more time with Bucky because there's a very tortured soul there. We got a chance to see a little bit of it. And truth be told, some of the stuff with, with Bucky was some of the media stuff that I've seen in the MCU in a long time. The tension that was built when he had to go back and have a conversation with the older gentleman whom son he, he killed as the winter soldier i had goosebumps i felt the tension and we didn't even get to see the whole scene play out we just really got to see enough to know what was about to happen and it was a very very emotional moment and rightfully so and kudos to sebastian stan for being able to encapsulate what it meant to be the winter soldier and have to atone for those sins if you will and not for us to be able to see this pretty you know okay everything turned out great you know there's still demons he's still fighting through those and he still has to atone for those sins and deal with those and seeing that it doesn't always end in sunshine and rainbows is important because that's not the way that's not life even when you yeah. do the right things and you do the wrong things and you do the right things and you know right or wrong is a matter of opinion but it doesn't change that at the end of the day somebody's still going to have an opinion on what you've done and it doesn't mean it's always going to go the way you expected it to so i'd be really interested to see that but no i, I fully expected the captain american four and now i expect all the, the rumors to fly again about chris Evans returning and blah 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 blah, blah and 
Look, man, I'm just I'm I'm enjoying the ride. Wouldn't it be so funny if if old man Cap is the one that comes back and he's trying to fight? I got you. I got you. I'm right by your side, Captain America. I'm right by your side. There you yeah. go. Yeah. But even yeah. if he came back in more of a mentorship role, just a role of affirmation or even just a wink and a nod at the end of the movie or something to that effect. I think what's important is that even if they were to bring Chris Evans back, that they don't illegitimize Falcon as the Winter so as the uh, as Captain America. They don't illegitimize the work that's been done in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show to truly make Sam Captain America. So you bring Chris Evans into the fold again if you don't do it the right way with Sam becoming Captain America. Well, it's going to be very interesting, Need, and I'm so happy that I could finally say that, you know, after losing Chris Evans, we have a Captain America mm-hmm. now we can believe in. Sorry, Walker Russell. We're glad that you're U.S. agent because that went awry <laughs> real quickly. But yeah. I tell you what, my friend, it is great to have you aboard. Once again, talking Falcon and Winter Soldier. Now, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And I'm hopeful for go. a season two. And I'm also hopeful for a good representation of Marvel going ahead and putting out, once again, another great product with Captain America 4. So I'm hopeful for a Captain America 4 and another season of Captain America and Winter Soldier. But TJ, it's been great to have you on once again, talking Captain America and Winter Soldier. I'm looking forward to more great thoughts on pop culture from you whenever you want to stop by right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. We are back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Want to thank everyone so much for watching and listening. There's a little show as well that premieres every Friday on Disney Plus that people seem to forget about, and that's the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And here today to talk about that is a good man indeed. It is Thomas Bennett, a.k.a. TJ Loud. And, and Thomas, great to have you finally back on the program once again. Yeah, it's a long time overdue, but yeah, I'm doing fine and healthy now. For me, I'm a big fan of the franchise uh, over 30 years ago when the first movie came out. How's your experience so far with the Mighty Ducks Game Changers now that it's back on, it's back alive, and it's now on every week on Disney Plus? First point of view, as a, as a diehard hockey fan, I love the series. It stayed true to its origins about talking about hockey, how blah, 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 this and that, and Gordon Bombay did this and that, and slowly brought him back into where he's going to be starting to coach the new Ducks with Alex's mom. And that's Emilio Estevez, everyone. So, yeah, great to see him back acting once again and, and performing on a weekly basis. But you've enjoyed your experience so far? Yeah. It hits home for me in a couple different spots. It is the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I appreciate everyone out there that's given a shout out to having us go ahead and cover that. And I know, Thomas, you've been very much a big fan of it. I know actually our own Josh Peterson as well. And we're going to hear his thoughts later on the program. But do you think they will achieve the same kind of success within the show that they achieved in the movie series? Starting to shape up that way it's going to. So I would definitely say yes. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Is it more for you a nostalgia thing, seeing it again, just bringing back the memories, or do you think it stands out on its own? Well, it's doing both for me, actually. It's standing out on its own, and it's also bringing that 90s nostalgia back to TV. But again, it is the Mighty Ducks Game Changer series. It is now available each and every week on Disney+. Plus. Hopefully we can hear more thoughts on the Mighty Ducks Game Changers as we move along. Do you see another season happening? Have you heard enough responses back from people out there that they think that there will be a season two of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers? There's a lot of good reviews out there about it. I've read a few hundred of them. But as far as I can see, because I watch it religiously every week at 3 a.m., I see it going to make season two and possibly season three. Well, that's good to hear. And that would be excellent because one of the things that I have criticized Disney Plus for is the fact that they have all this treasure trove of stuff in the vault with Disney and all the stuff that they have as far as movies, television shows, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Plus they bought Fox and things of that nature. But one of the things they didn't have much of is original content right off the get-go. So now that they're building that folder, now that they're building that resume, yes, I know it's a rehash as far as what we were talking about with the successful movie series, but it's still considered original content that they have, that they own, that they're bringing out brand new for people. And if they can continue to bring out things that are going to entertain people like Falcon and Winter Soldier, and of course what we're seeing with the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, I'm hopeful for continuous performance from Disney Plus and also for extra seasons of that show as well. But before we head on out, my friend, again, just great to have you here. Once again, it's Thomas Bennett, a.k.a. DJ Loud. But before we head on out, my friend, you wanted to talk about Mortal Kombat. I've seen the film. You have seen the film. I know you have some great thoughts about it. In fact, you've seen it more than once, which I'm sure HBO Max is very happy about. But I want to hear your thoughts on Mortal Kombat. Well, this has been 10 years into the making of when this was first announced. Mm -hmm. I've seen it five times. I'm about to see it a couple more times tonight. It held its own pretty well when they did the remake. When it came out on Friday, it was pretty well solid. Soundtrack was pretty cool. But as far as being a Mortal Kombat fan, it held its own. If you got a chance to see the movie, you'll see that there are inferences at the end for characters like Johnny Cage, which I was complaining that at first that, that he wasn't in the movie, but I see that there is a future for Johnny Cage. And you saw everything that went on in the movie. Uh, obviously, the fights were very Brutal. interesting to see. They're very good to see for the most part. The special effects were there, hit and miss. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and ask you this. With Mortal Kombat, what do you see as far as the future? Because they talk so much about the tournament, but actually didn't have the tournament. It's all leading up to a Mortal Kombat tournament. What do you see as far as the future for Mortal Kombat as far as this movie series is concerned? I see it's going to shape up to be like three or four movies coming out. But... My question to you is, is before I finish answering the rest of your question, is did you pay very close attention at the beginning of the movie how they started it? Yeah. I, but that's why they did not go right into, like, Johnny Cage versus this or Sonya Blade versus Kano, blah, 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 which that fight scene was kind of funny, and the reaction between him and Cabal was kind of hilarious. So the reason why they didn't have the tournaments like normal – old school Mortal Kombat movies did in the 90s is because they're, they're trying to do something different. We've got the like the Avengers series. We got all those other series out there that are spawning off in different directions. Mortal Kombat is seen as, as 
a a big money grabber to start our own universe and to start more video games with live tournaments with guests from the movies i've heard that they're going to start doing with mortal kombat 12 because you know every movie that's out there it needs to start doing a universe because that's what they want to do to cash in obviously we're going to see expand upon with godzilla versus kong because of the great success there and if mortal kombat has the same kind of success or anywhere near it we're going to be seeing a mortal kombat universe whether you like it or not that's what hbo max has planned and that's what they'll probably end up doing once again, it is Thomas Bennett, a.k.a. DJ Loud. He is a big fan of Mortal Kombat. Are you a big fan of Mortal Kombat 2? The movie that's come out, everybody's talking about it, whether it's for good or for bad, but they are talking about it. I want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, Thomas, it's been great having you on the program today. Can't wait till later on this year, hopefully, as far as the big cards are concerned, talking pro wrestling, pop culture, and so much more. Glad to finally have you here once again. Appreciate all the support that you've given us. And we cannot thank you enough for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? It is Mortal Kombat. You heard the thoughts of Thomas Bennett. And you've also heard the thoughts of myself and Josh Peterson. But I would be remiss without talking to my good friend who you can catch him today. At Hunnicween and the Hunnic Outcast. This is my good friend Noah Ian Fine. And Noah, I heard from a little birdie called Facebook that said you didn't really like the fatalities of Mortal Kombat. The pros are I like Scorpion, I like Sub Zero, and I like Kano. Mm -hmm. And I like the first seven minutes that they showed on YouTube regarding the Sub Zero and Scorpion rivalry that's been going on for centuries. I think they gave Sub-Zero and Scorpion justice. Kano was awesome. He was like the Deadpool of the Mortal Kombat. Everything he said I thought was gold. He, he was great. But I thought he stunk. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he was absolutely awful. Yeah, but this is a movie. And the biggest problem I have with this is the introduction of the characters. They just pop up and go, hey, I'm this one, I'm that one. Goro pops in. The effects are terrible. Listen, here, here's my complaint about this. I was bored. The only times I was excited was when Scorpion and Sub-Zero and Kano were on screen. I didn't care that Goro – I was like, okay, Goro. I did not really care for Sonya. Sonya was never that interesting of a character to begin with, and there's no helping this new version of Sonya. Even when she offers Kano $2 million, and then she turns and says, I don't have that money. I live in this house. The delivery is poor. It's not funny. No, I'm not disputing that. For me, the movie was a disappointment, an yeah. extreme disappointment. It was a terrible movie. But oh, yeah. Yeah. but I'm to tell you right now, that doesn't mean that it's not going to do well. Because if it does well on HBO Max, and if it does well enough in the theaters, we are going to see an extension of this universe. It's as simple as that. Yeah, but I mean, even if they do bring in Johnny Cage, and there are rumors that... Uh, well, he was at the end. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm saying there are rumors right now that they're supposed to bring in WWE superstar The Miz. No, that's what he wants. That's oh, that's what he wants. Yeah, I, I can't. He's, he's asking for. Yeah, I mean, right now it seems because of Warner Brothers and their WWE superstar contract with the John Cena and The Rock, and and I don't see The Miz coming in. I, I maybe, but still, what other characters could they bring in? Montaro. I, I mean, it well, they've already made up one with Cole, the lead character who is a descendant of Scorpion, 
but will not be taking up the scorpion mantle uh, as I thought he would be. But if you watch the movie, yeah, he's not taking up the, the scorpion mantle. He's his own character that they created. They might as well create some more new ones just specifically for the movies. They have enough characters as it is. That's what I'm getting. Yes, well, I, I, I didn't disagree with you, but I'm just saying if they did it once, they could do it already. I mean, I know that Cole was supposed to be a descendant of Scorpion, and I got that because I got what he said at the end, but that doesn't seem to matter. He, I, I know there was another Sub-Zero, and I know there was another Scorpion that took mantles. I get all that. But well, everybody I, who's who's died as far as well on the bad side, they're coming back for a sequel because they were all at the end. Anybody who, who died is going to get magically brought back in this in the sequel it, no, it was I, already I, alluded to no i get that and it's great to have kano if he comes back and that would be great but again i don't know exactly where they're following or what they to me i just don't care anymore i'd rather go back and watch the 1995 version and annihilation as bad as that was it's a good bad movie i was never bored uh, i was never bored is worse but, but it's not boring it's not boring this mortal kombat this Mortal Kombat for me leans more towards it than Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat for the 90s is one of the best video game adaptations for a movie of all time. And that's not saying a whole lot because it's a good movie. It's a campy movie. It's a fun movie. But it's certainly not a great movie by any thespian no, knowledge no. of anything. I, I thought I but thought Mortal Kombat 95 was it's a, a fun pleasure. movie. Yeah, it's a guilty no. pleasure. And that's yeah. what it should be. It should be a guilty pleasure. My point being is that you have to still make it campy and fun and put just dropping f bombs and gore is not going to make it work. No, what made and it I work, agree with you on that. Noah, I know it wasn't the best experience for you, but I appreciate again you stopping by the show, and I cannot thank you enough. And I expect to hear more from you on the world of pop culture in the not too distant future, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to thank so much TJ Johnson, Noe and Fine, Thomas Bennett, and my daughter, Ellen Glassford, for appearing on the show today. Don't forget to catch Marcus de la Garza and I every single Friday when our new episode drops of the PC Multiverse, covering the latest news and information in the world of pop culture. And of course, Josh and I here every Monday doing the Pop Culture Cosmos as well. But before we head on out, my friend, two last things. The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Now that Falcon, a.k.a. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, is now done, and you out there, you've probably already seen the entire series, you need something new to watch on Disney Plus until June, when we have Black Widow, and we also have Loki. If you're not interested in Star Wars The Bad Batch, there's not many alternatives that's fresh and new on Disney Plus, but one of them is the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And as a big fan of the Mighty Ducks, and we heard earlier what Thomas Bennett, who's a fan of the Mighty Ducks, thought of it. I want to hear your thoughts on your experience so far with the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Okay, so I like it, but it's missing some primary things that make it a Mighty Ducks franchise piece. You know, like in Mighty Ducks, yeah, there are a lot of jokes and hijinks. It boiled down to like the soundtrack and like the the overall like feel of the movie. Disney did a great job of like creating this 90s sports film. Right. Like they did a good job with it when they switched the tints on the screen to like a dark brownish color and kind of making it look like an old film. Like they did a great job of making you feel like you were watching this like this sports film from years past with the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. While it is good. It revolves more around the kids, you know, and the mom and like 
it's got a good message. You know, they're talking about like they're tackling a lot of things in the show right now. The mom is kind of this character of like, why can't you see what you like crazy? You, these parents that like live vicariously through their kids in sports, you know, like it almost becomes like I'm the best soccer mom here. Like she talks about how like ridiculous that is, like how people get so caught up in the culture and they start to like forget about what it means to love the game or what it means to play the game for fun. So she kind of embodies that character, you know, and then as for the kids on the ducks, like they're literally the underdogs, right? Like they call them the uh, don't bothers because these are a bunch of kids who like nobody wants to bother with. So, I, you know, I'm sure we're going to get them like getting better at hockey and having this comeback and playing up against the Mighty Ducks who are now like a mean team. Right. And they're being coached by this guy who is the son of the coach of the Hawks. You know, like he's taken over. We haven't quite gotten into why Gordon Bombay has given up on hockey, but, you know, I'm sure we're going to get there eventually. So far, the show is pretty good. Like, it just doesn't feel like a Mighty Ducks movie, though. Like, it feels more like a show about kids who like hockey as opposed to, like, kids who actually play hockey. So it's watchable, but not much more. It's watchable, and I'm sure there's going to be more to it as it goes on. And they're supposed to have, like, guest characters reoccurring over there, like people from the original Ducks, whether it's Charlie or Banks. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get more backstory and what happened to Bombay and what happened to the Ducks. But for right now, yeah, it's it's watchable and I'm it, it's worth watching. I think it's funny. Like, it's got some really good jokes in it. But don't go into it expecting it to give you that feeling you get when watching Mighty Ducks, that, like, really great feeling of a great sports film. Last but not least is Shadow and Bone on Netflix. I said I would share some thoughts on it. It is looking like it's going to be that next young adult hit from what i've seen so far of the episodes i i think it's going to delve into that fantasy world really well and it, and it has been so far so it's not great but it does deal with a lot of things in a lot of ways that we've seen similar already from these fantasy young adult series and adaptations we've seen before i do like the subtle changes that they made in regards to the characters from the book i think they've been a little bit more positive for me the time has been okay and I think it's something that if you're into fantasy worlds where these two countries that are at war and the thing that's separating them is this thick black smoke wall, a magical wall of evil and monsters that lie between and the travels that they have to go through it in order to go ahead and reach one area or another and the mystery and the uh, magic behind it and some of the individuals that have magic and the power. One young lady who has the power above all, who's the chosen one. They're not doing anything new, really, but what they are doing is something entertaining. And if you like to go ahead and delve into what I think will be the next hit for young adults in what we see from Shadow and Bone, I think this will do it for you on Netflix. I give it a slightly little bit better grade than The Nevers. My time with The Nevers is it's okay, but I don't think it's really that enthralling. So I want to go ahead and say of the two, I'd say you probably lean towards Shadow and Bone. Catch Captain America and Winter Soldier. To me, I think that was the best time. After Mortal Instruments was adapted and that failed, and then Mortal Engines was adapted and that failed, and then Divergent kind of tanked, I feel like people have been trying to stay away from those like young adult This skews a little bit older. Yeah. Not too much older. Possibly 19 to 22 is what the ages okay. of what they're trying to portray. But it is something that is a little bit more 
captivating than those movies that you're talking okay. about with the mortal instruments. And but I think it's going to get a lot of volume for Netflix in the coming weeks. Okay. All right. Well, hey, hopefully we get more novel adaptations. It's not bringing anything really new to the table, but what it's bringing is good enough, I think, for anybody to go ahead and sit down and watch. What are your thoughts out there on The Mighty Ducks Game Changers and Shadow and Bone? The Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus and Shadow and Bone now on Netflix. We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Any last thoughts on the way out? I got to check out Shadow and Bone and maybe I can get some thoughts on that on the next episode. But I want to hear thoughts from other people on Falcon and Winter Soldier. So if you guys have some thoughts, send us an email. Love to talk about them on the air. Don't tell anybody this, Josh, but I was the power broker the entire time. Knew it. Knew it. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. This is the beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. What is the Soul Forge podcast? Join your host Sean and guests as they talk about geekiness, witchcraft, awkward dates, poetry, life, the universe, and tons more. Interviews have included writers, atheists, a rap star from Australia, a reality TV star, and a sex goddess from San Diego. If you have a story to share or just want to listen to one, check out the Soul Forge podcast. The Soul Forge. We're everywhere. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.